This episode is powered by Poddex. What up, fanboys, fangirls, and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop, the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise, and of course, joining me in a little bit will be Biko. Um, I wanted to get some of my things out of out of the way, you know, stuff that Biko normally doesn't talk about too much, like anime and like pro wrestling, because you know, pro wrestling is pop pop culture and stuff. So. And then, and I do want to get some stuff out of the way, especially AEW, because I'm <laughs> leaning away from, you know, WWE now. Like, I don't know, to me, AEW is pretty much to me, I'm starting to watch that product more. And um, it's more like professional wrestling I see growing up, like the ads here and stuff. It gets to the point that they are pushing the line. But it's what it is, it's pro wrestling, wins and losses count. Um, and it's, they rank the, like, you know, the, the, the wrestlers... And, you know, the storylines are, you know, linear. Like, they go on. They don't try to change things up. It's more natural, more fluid. Especially with the promos to the point they they push buttons. Like, they cross the lines. Um, And, of course, you know, AEW is going to be doing, like, their Grand Slam next week in Queens. They're doing it for two nights. They promise four hours of pro wrestling. So, they're going to do two hours on Wednesday for Dynamite. And they're going to do it in Arthur Ashe Stadium. You know, normally that stadium's in Queens. That's normally for, like, tennis matches for, like, the U.S. Open and stuff. And they're going to have their first, like, almost like an outdoor show, pretty much. Um, and they're going to have Rampage there for two hours. So I'm guessing what they're probably going to do, since Rampage is usually pre-taped after, yeah, I might either they're going to probably record all four hours there. So, yeah, so they're going to be, the fans are going to have a long night because they're promising two four hours of for wrestling next week. We got Wednesday Night Dynamite. Live from Grand Slam, and you got Rampage live from Grand Slam. So, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, I watched Rampage last Friday and Dynamite as well, and it's shaping up to be a good, you know, good buildup um, because you got CM Punk doing his program, but now he's focusing on Team Taz, and especially now he's going to work with Will Hobbs. Like with CM Punk said before, he wants to work with a lot of young guys, and Hobbs is one of them. Powerhouse Hobbs is one of the people he wants to work with. So I like for the fact that, you know, he's not right away going after the champion. He's just trying to get into to the shape of things and see what AEW has to offer when it comes to, like, competition. And, of course, you got uh, Adam Cole had his first match in AEW against Frankie Kazarian. It's a good match. Good seeing Adam Cole. He has not lost a step. You know, it's been a while since, you know, he was in NXT. And it's like the promos now, they're attacking WWE so much. Like, Christian Cage is like promo saying, oh, like, he, he's talking about Amco, how he pretty much got out of, like, developmental because, you know, NXT was developmental and how they lost the Wednesday Night Wars. Now they're, like, prepared to lose on Friday nights as well. So it's like, that's what happened. That's why NXT ended up going to Tuesdays because they couldn't step up in the Wednesday night when both, like, shows were on the same time slot and same, you know, same night. Um, and then, of course, you got Ruby Soho and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who will be facing off Wednesday for the AEW Women's World Championship. And they had a good, like, you know, pretty much a good, like, trading of barbs against each other um, with Tony Schiavone in the middle. And it got a little heated, and it got, like, the fans really got into it. And, you know, they traded barbs, like Britt Baker mentioned, how, you know, Ruby was fired for WWE. Of course, she got released. She was part of the, the cuts. 
And she kept changing her name and didn't know what name to have. And of course, you know, Ruby Soho attacked Rick Baker saying how she sucks up to Tony Khan and she like gets by by sleeping with one of the boys in the back. Of course, she's, you know, she has a real life relationship with Adam Cole, and publicly known. So it got to the point, it got pretty heated. So I'm looking forward to that match. That match is going to be on Wednesday Night Dynamite. And of course, you got Brian Danielson taking on Kenny Omega. I believe it's a non-title match, so I believe it's a non-title match, and they're just having, you know, you know, Brian Danielson, you know, Daniel Bryan, as he was known in WWE, just wanted, uh, he wanted to work with other promotions, of course, WWE is keeping tight lip on it, so, you know, and Daniel Bryan decided to let his contract expired, and pretty much, you know, did not sign the deal, and decided to rest and stuff. And then, of course, made his appearance at All Out. And now he's going after Kamego. I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait to see um, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, versus uh, Kenny Omega. Of course, um, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks will be taking on Christian Cage and Jungle Express on Rampage. Um, and, you got, and then you got Jake Hager and Chris Jericho taking on Man of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Of course, they got Dan Lambert, who's America's top team. Of course, he's got the, all those, like, UFC people and stuff, MMA people on his belt, but now he looks like he's managing, you know, the man of the year. It's like, AEW is getting more and more steam, and they're getting a lot of momentum building up, because it's like, you know, it's it's becoming, I mean, Dodie right now, they're getting to the point of desperation now. Um, They just had Big E cash in his money in the bank on Monday, and now he's Dodie champion. Congratulations, Big E. It's about damn time. You know, big fan of the New Day. I mean, that's the only consistency I like is the New Day. I mean, honestly, went for the New Day, I probably wouldn't watch WWE. I mean, a lot of the wrestlers I, I like are either going to AEW or going to Impact or going to other promotions because WWE didn't know how to use them. And it's like, that's what happens when you let Vince McMahon have final say on all things creative and not work with the talent. And that's why we have so many flipping writers it's like the whole saying, too many cooks in the kitchen, pretty much. And they don't know what they're doing to the point where, like, Vince McMahon come in and say, hey, I don't like how the script's going, tears it up, and they have to come up with a new one. It's, it's like, you know, it's all about being consistent, and that's what happens, and sometimes they have to cancel matches, and it's it, it's annoying. It's like, that's why I've been, like, just reading up on WWE. I've been, like, watching more AEW. So, yeah, I've been slowly moving away from WWE, more, more like AEW, so... Check, give AEW a chance. You can check out, you know, Dark, Elevation. Check those shows on YouTube. Um, check all, like, the podcasts. They have, like, a podcast where they talk to different talents. Check out the vlogs, man. A lot of wrestlers are doing a lot of vlogs, which is kind of cool. Because, you know, it's like a not... WWE doesn't really let, you know... There's a lot of talents to do vlogs. Because WWE's trying to be keep tight-lipped and stuff. And as you see here, AEW don't mind. To the point, AEW lets them use footage from, like, if they have any matches and they want to put in the block. AEW has no, you know, they let them do it. And it's kind of cool because um, you get to see, like, I follow, like, Ethan Page's vlog, which is really cool. I follow um, Eva Uno's vlog, Sammy Guevara's vlog. I follow BTE, Beanie Lee. I've been following that for years. And it's, like, it's cool because you get to, like, see what they do outside the ring with their buddies you know, having fun, sharing their hobbies, what they like to do, and get a little, like, inside look. I mean, it's not like back then in the 80s and 90s when, like, kayfabe, you know, they had to stay in character all the time. You know, Undertaker was one of the last, you know, 
guys that pretty much kept his character like he never did interviews outside. But if you ever did interviews, was asked that character, and then of course when you know they had the last ride with the Undertaker, you know, it's the first time he got to hear you know himself and his journey, and finally op- he opens up like all the stuff, and now he's doing interviews on you know he did interviews on Joe Rogan. Uh, Steve Austin did like you know a lot of stuff like him growing up because he never got to talk about that shit it's like I understand like keeping these are characters like I understand pro wrestling is about building these characters but at the same time they're people it's like you know I understand you want to keep the whole mystique and stuff but like the same time it's like now with this day and age with the internet and stuff people read up and stuff what's going on backstage and see what the like who's getting pushed who's not getting pushed it's like you know and it's all about finding out the inside, finding out the dirt sheets. It's like it's just finding out what's going on. You know, you want to be interested in what's going on backstage. You want to know what's going on. Who's going to get pushed? You can look forward to it. I mean, you don't have to give away what's going to happen, but at least you know who's going to be like the next person's going to represent. Because whenever there's a like they're champions, like you're representing, you know, the company. We could become the face of the company that you're you know representing. And to me, it's like WWE's like they're going in a completely different direction. Look what they did to NXT now. I've seen, like, I read about NXT 2.0, and, I mean, the only big light about it was the whole Dexter Loomis and Indy Harbour wedding, which, for the first time, you know, weddings at pro wrestling shows never go as planned, and this is the first time ever a wedding actually went well without a hitch, without anything weird happening. And, to me, that was a good highlight. And, of course, they have new talent that's coming out, and they changed the colors. It's like, goodbye, black and gold brand. Now they, you know, they want to focus on Young talent that want to strain away from in signing indie wrestlers. They want to get like young young talent. Um, Rick Steiner's um son made his debut as Braun Breaker. Of course, you know they're trying to keep his like family lineage on hold, and you know that's how they gave his new name. And he looks really impressive. I saw clips from it, and he looks really really good. Um, Tommaso Ciampa, of course, um, Samoa Joe had to give up the NXT title to again do another injury, so they had like a fatal four way to the crown the new champion. Of course, Tommaso Ciampa ends up winning the championship, and like I said, it. I mean, NXT is trying. I mean, Triple H right now is recovering from he had. It was known that he had having heart surgery, and I was like, oh wow, this guy um who's been so far behind the scenes hasn't wrestled much anymore. He's been more like behind the scenes when it comes with talent and development, and um, but um, get well soon, Triple H. Hope you recover well from your heart surgery. Um, it's like, like I said, like, to me, it's like, uh, it, like, I'm like, like I said, it's like, for me, like, pro wrestling now, it's like, I was burnt out in 2003, you know, because, you know, I was a big, you know, wrestling fan in the 90s, growing up with the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, you had WCW Nitro, you had Monday Night Raw, going at it, head to head. Of course, my Night Raw won the the wars, doesn't one, and it was cool, cool. But sometime down, like I never got into too much of the ruthless aggression era because as soon as Austin left, you know he got tired of creative, and then The Rock decided to focus more on you know his acting career because he felt he probably didn't have that many years left in the pro wrestling ring. And WWE, you know, they had so much talent, and they had to find a way to split the roster, you know, because they had so much talent, they didn't know what to do with it, and they had to come up with making Raw and SmackDown separate shows, they get drafted, they come up with the Ruthless Aggression Era, which to me, I've seen bits and pieces, but I still got burned out from it, it's like, all the time I decided to watch wrestling was like, when they had WrestleMania or something, that was it, I mean, 
I got so burned out from it, I stopped and focused more on anime as well. I, I started going to anime more. And then, of course, you know, I decided to check the product again. And, of course, the first person I see is um, CM Punk, who came up in the ECW brand when they decided to bring back ECW. And I'm like, oh, he's from Chicago. He's straight edge. You know, he's not like he doesn't look like your your typical professional wrestler. You know, the big beefy dude. And he had like a lot of like he combined like a lot of like MMA style techniques to his wrestling repertoire. And you know, of course, he did the famous pipe bomb. It was like, you know, Kenny really said shit like that. So it's like, you know, breaking the fourth wall and saying stuff what's going on backstage because you can never really say shit that goes on backstage. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm gonna follow this guy. And that got me back because it kind of reminded me a little bit of Steve Austin when, you know, back when he was doing promos and stuff. And I'm like, hey, he's my Stone Cold Steve Austin for the generation. So that got me back into things and then decided to bring all these other wrestlers like who had success in indies like Daniel Bryan. And some of these other, like, talents as well. And then, of course, you had Cody Rhodes. It's like, oh, my God. These, like, American Dream Dusty Rhodes had, like, an kid besides Goldust. I'm like, okay. And it was great, you know. And then, of course, um, WD went from being ruthless aggression and pushing the envelope to being PG. So, we're going back to try to cater to, like, the young fans again. Like, it did, like, in early 80s and 80s and early 90s again. It's like... And then now the storylines got less and less, you know, to our kids, towards adults, and more try to be more like family and wholesome again. I'm like, okay, what the heck's going on? And of course, you know, Punk ended up leaving in 2014 because he didn't like the way things were going when creative wise again. It's like, did you guys not learn what happened with Steve Austin? And you're doing the same thing to Punk, you know, for the fact he was threat hot as champion during that one year he was champion. Like he had so many things to do with the Summer of Punk, he could create the same match he did in Ring of Honor, and he couldn't done the same thing that he couldn't capitalize it. But once again, bad creative decisions, and that kind of burns wrestlers out. Because if you don't let your talent give ideas or let them do things you felt that could help, you know, elevate their character, you know, make the fans engage more, it's like. They'll get burnout. out. They get tired. They get frustrated. And, you know, they look for other horizons. And here we go. AEW's become one of those outlets where they get to push their creativity and, you know, make the stories more consistent and stuff. And, you know, they can stretch it out as much as they can. They can push the envelope. But at the same time, let the matches tell the story. It's all about fresh wrestling. When you have these matches, it's about telling the story. Yeah, they're predetermined. Yeah, they're choreographed, but at the same time, you want to get engaged. You want to get that audience engaged in story to follow your favorite wrestlers. And it's like, and that's why I like about AEW is you want to watch Dark, you want to watch these other matches because you want to see how your you know your favorite talent ranks up, and then they do these rankings and stuff. It's kind of cool because then you see who's next in line for any championships. And I and it, it, I'm enjoying it. And you get Jim Ross, you got Tony Schiavone, two men who were part of my wrestling generation during the Monday Night Wars. And you get Excalibur, who's known in, in the indies, but being a wrestler, but also a commentator. It's like, you know, you get him. And then you got Taz coming into the mix. And you got, you know, you got other legends like Paul White, who was the big show. You got Mark Henry. Guys who been there, going through, like, travel from town to town. You know, had to deal with shitty creative, but there to help out and elevate the town that's there. You know, they don't have a developmental center. Um, 
I mean, yeah, Cody Rhodes is starting to establish a nightmare factory. He's trying to get new talents like raising up, but it's like they don't have like you know facilities like the Performance Center, so they have to find ways to help out. I mean, they have coaches. Yeah, got Chris Daniels. Like you got a lot of guys who can relate to the town because they they worked in Indies, they worked in bingo halls, they worked in VFW halls, they worked in small venues, so they know how you know how hungry and determined you have to be. To be in that business, to be in professional wrestling, because it's a, uh, it's like a, you know, yeah, everyone wants to be on top, but at the same time, I like what AEW is. It's more like a team kind of setting versus you know, you like everyone person's not like on top of anybody. Or everyone gives their feedback. Everyone you know helps out. They contribute, and you know they critique. You know they provide feedback. You know it's what you need to be like a team. You know, versus WWE is like you know. You got to try to fight with other people just trying to try to get your thing. It's like, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like WWE's stock is definitely going down and AEW's on a rise. So if you, if you want, if you want to see family type entertainment, yeah, check out WWE. But if you want to watch professional wrestling that you enjoyed back in the day, check out AEW. So I went off a tangent, but I wanted to. Give you my piece. Um, I know it's been 17 minutes, and it's like I'm, I just want to give you guys my piece on it, my take on it. So a little wrestling corner with the franchise here. So like I said, because wrestling's part of pop culture and always has been. Um, because I'm um, thing I forgot to mention that Rosario Dawson made her appearance on uh, Dynamite on Wednesday because Cody, like her and um, Cody Rhodes are part of this like show. I guess like a talent show. The Big win, big show or something. That's on TBS, and they're like co-hosts. So that's kind of cool seeing Rosario Dawson there. That's kind of cool. She made her appearance. Like it was never announced, and she was surprising. She was there when they had to show at the Prudential Center on Wednesday and setting up like Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. And of course, there's like a teasing that Stephen Amell might make an appearance at the AEW show in Queens at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And, of course, you know, CML is on that show Heels, which is on Stars. Unfortunately, I don't have Stars, so I can't really see the show. And I heard it's, like, really good um, because it talks about two brothers. They're professional wrestlers, and they run their family's promotion. And it shows, like, the drama behind the scenes. And because they one brother, CML plays the one brother who's, like, the face. And his other brother plays, like, the heel, the top heel. And it's like the top face and top heel going at each other, but that's like the stuff behind the scenes. And it's kind of cool because they get other wrestlers in there to make appearances on that show as different characters. So they have like, you know, the help with choreography and stuff. And like people forget that Steve Mel did do some wrestling matches as well in the indies as well. Um, if you remember, he was an all in when he took on Christopher Daniels. And then he had that tag team match with, with Pac when. Pack was like Neville in WWE against Stardust. Got Stardust on somebody else. So when Cody Rhodes, so he does have that experience, and apparently there's rumors that he might make an appearance at the Arthur Ashe Stadium when WWE ha- um, AEW has their Grand their Dynamite Grand Slam show on this coming Wednesday. So, and like I said, this is like, like I said, this is a good era. This is like they keep saying like this is good to be a professional wrestling fan. I mean, you got Impact still going on, um, Ring of Honor, New Japan establishing, you know, a U.S. branch here. Um, then you got AAA wrestling. I mean, it's a good time to be a professional wrestling fan, but it's like, 
You don't have to be tied down to just WWE. It's like shopping. Like, yeah, you like this one store because of the, its known brand, but there's other stores that probably have the same kind of products for better, you know, for better bargains and better, you know, deals. And this is what kind of relates to professional wrestling. Is like, yeah, WWE is like the big national brand, but it's like you've got these other brands like AEW, Impact Wrestling, that if you're... You want to have different tastes. You want something new. You want something fresh. You know. So definitely check out AEW All Elite Wrestling. So I endorse AEW Wrestling. I'm not sponsored sponsored by them. But I give you my endorsement. Check out All Elite Wrestling. You want to check out the wrestlers. Check out their vlogs they have on YouTube. Check out their vlogs. You want to see the inside of their wrestlers. It's Sammy Guevara's vlog. You know. Ethan Page's vlog. Evo Uno's. Also, check out, you know, I think a lot of wrestlers are on Twitch as well. Check out their Twitch streams. I mean, they play games just as everybody else. And um, also check out Being the Elite if you want to see that because sometimes they'll have little storylines in there as well. So, because they use a lot of that social media stuff too, the game like stories forward. So, definitely check that out as well. And just to see what what they do, like on a daily basis, you know, the inside of it. Um, all right. So, with that, <laughs> for you, know, like, I then. Like, 20 minutes talking about wrestling, you know? Yeah, okay, you're like, cool, he talked about professional wrestling. Are we going to talk about anything else? <laughs> um, yeah, don't worry. Um, we have other, like, shit to talk about. Biko is about to come on in about in a little bit, so he'll be here. Um, uh, one thing I do want to mention is, yeah, um, before I forget, check out our merch stuff on Spring. Um, I am working on possibly making more designs soon, um, especially with fall upon us. Um, we do have hoodies with our old logo on there. I will we'll try to get hoodies with the new logo up. Um, like check our store in spring. Just go to spring.com slash talk and search under talking pop under the search bar. We got t-shirts. We got hoodies right now. Like I said, it's going to get cold. We got tank tops. Um, we got coffee mugs. We got phone cases with our logo on it and, Oh, the proceeds go to support the podcast and, you know, check it out. And like I said right now, if you use the promo code TalkPop, I think I took that promo code down. You can save yourself $5 off your order. Um, that's TalkPop at, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P to save yourself $5 off your order. Just do it at checkout. Um, you can also like, uh, you can also check us out on the socials at PopTalking on Twitter, all one word. Um, you can follow the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkingpop. Um, you can check out my Twitch stream. I stream like JRPG games, um, like anime inspired or games as well. It's on twitch.tv slash franchise 685. That's F-O-N-C-H-I-Z-E-685. So check me out. I am the casual gamer. I do take a little casual approach when it comes to gaming so definitely check me out on there once again tweet us you know like us on facebook um and of course you can check out our backlog of episodes on anchor spotify google podcast apple podcast or in our podcast outlets um because on, on there we're also on iHeartRadio, radio pandora and audible that's crazy <laughs> and also on itunes um you check us out on there as well so, wanted to get all that out of the way so we can just get to the nitty gritty. Um, right now, I'm like, 
been really invested right now. Um, I've been watching a lot of like football. Of course, I'm not talking about American football, but soccer. Um, right now, I'm currently well, at the time of this recording. I'm currently watching right now on mute um, Manchester United and West Ham United. And right now, they're like tied right now. It's about the first half's about to end right now. And it's really good contest. So, definitely enjoying that. Um, of course, the big thing that I saw today that, um, which kind of like, I don't know. It's the, like the biggest thing that's going on right now. It's like one of the trending topics right now. Um, so pretty much Family Guy is leading Adult Swim. Uh, which, think about it, uh, because of the fact that now Family Guy is like, like the first seasons are going to be now... The 14th first season 14th will now be airing on FX and FXS and Freeform now because due to um Disney's um acquisition of 20th Century Fox. And of course, um Family Guy is under the 20th Century Fox, you know, banner. They now under 20th Century Studios, so now they're under Disney. So and it's like after 18 years of being, you know, on Adult Swim, think about it. It went for them being on Adult Swim and the DVD sales, Family Guy will never came back to the air. It when it ever came back to be back on television due to being on Adult Swim with the reruns and of course with the DVD sales. And now um, Adult Swim decided to do like a little like tribute to Family Guy since no longer be available to show on Adult Swim and Biko is joining us now as I'm talking about it. Because <laughs> it's like, think about it, they were in the syndication in 2003, that was like Two years after Family Guy was supposed to be canceled the first time from Fox. And Adult Swim ended up picking up the syndication rights. And it got a lot of steam to the point where the DVDs came out. And it got to the point where there was a lot of DVD sales. And fans wanted more. To the point, push Fox to say, hey, let's bring back Family Guy. And in 2005, they brought back Family Guy. After two years of being on syndication. And now, this weekend... So on this weekend, uh, it's going to be the last time you get to see Family Guy on Adult Swim. They're pulling it now, too? Yeah, pretty much because it, now, it, you know, the, the, the deal expires. And pretty much, you know, with Disney owning 20th Century Studios and Family Guy's under the umbrella. So Hulu is going to be like the streaming home for Family Guy when it comes to like the old episodes and stuff. But, like, for, like, people on cable and stuff, they'll be available on Freeform and FXX. But think about it. That's, Family Guy was one of the originals on Adult Swim. Like, it was them. It was Family Guy, you know, Aqua Team Hunger Force, Squid Billy, Space Coast, Coast to Coast, um, Toonami, The Venture Brothers, um, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Diablons. Diablons. Man, like, it was so long, and I heard about it. I read home about it. Home Movies wasn't home, home Videos or Home Movies? Oh, yeah, Home Movies. Oh, my God, I forgot about Home Movies, guys. Oh, oh my God, I miss Home Movies. Oh, my God, Home Movies. And, of course, um, Cowboy Bebop, because Cowboy Bebop forgot. That's when, you know, it was, an adult, it was one of the adults from the original, even though Cowboy Bebop was anime. Dawson was what got me back back in anime when they showed Kyle Bebop first because they were, it was a mix of anime and of course you know their original programming and it's like and of course Family Guy was on there because of the syndication and stuff 
was, you know, was the old shows, like the old episodes. And of course, you know, and of course the DVD sales. And, you know, and then uh, Adult Swim ended up showing, like, episodes of Family Guy that never made it to air on Fox. And ended up showing that one episode with Shapano Weinstein. Which pretty much supposedly got them canceled with Fox in the first place. And, and, he, and Adult Swim decided to push the envelope and decided to show it. Oh my god, yeah, I talk about, yeah, so it's like, yeah, Squidbillies, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and then of course Space Ghost, because when it was like, you know, the talk show, they had like the celebrities on there, you got Moltar and Zorak, <laughs> and remember the Brack show, mm-hmm. the Brack show, and it was like the spinoff of freaking Space Ghost, Coast Coast, it's like, it takes all these properties, and of course, you know, Tanami's Tom and Sarah, Venture Brothers, but, and I said, like, Harvey Birdman turning a law, because, of course. But, this is what, let's see what they say here. I just pulled up the article, and they were talking about it. And they, I think Adult Swim, let me see if I can find what it says here. Oh, so they did, like, a promo, like, it's saying, uh, everyone's saying goodbye. Like, all the characters are saying goodbye to Family Guy, as it's leaving Adult Swim into, like, yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, they did like a little, like, I think it also did like a little promo of it. But in hindsight, do you think it makes Adult Swim? Like, I don't think they lose anything. No, it, I mean, Adult Swim doesn't, is not, I don't think, because you got Boss Burgers channels. on there, you got, um, you got, you know, you got Rick and Morty, who's becoming one of the pillars of Adult Swim. Um, I mean, you got, all these other shows. So I don't think Adult Swim is losing steam. Mm-hmm. I mean, Toonami is still dominating Saturday nights. With their late... Because with their, with their late night anime. Well, I don't mean losing steam. But I mean, like... Considering... Like, if Family Guy's old. Because... It's pretty typical... It's pretty typical what stations do with their older stuff. That's been a pretty much working for them for years. That's brought... Like... Your stable ratings. So people throw on the background all the time when they go home. Like TBS, notorious for that. Like you can have in a day they can run six different sitcoms, but they run it for three hours at a time. So like they can run like Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men, and some other show for a whole weekend if they wanted to in in those chunks. I'm saying with Adult Swim, like now that they have all these newer shows coming in that. They can throw on at night and people are totally satisfied from 9 p.m. to 5 in the morning. Like, Family Guy doesn't have to fill that chunk anymore. I also think because like, it's on five or six different networks, too. Like, you can watch Family Guy on TBS. You can watch Family Guy on Fox still. You can watch Family Guy on, like, UPN or whatever. Like, you can watch Family Guy anywhere now to where it doesn't have to be... Like, I don't think anyone's watching Family Guy for new episodes anymore, right? It's just one of those shows that, like, oh, it's on. I know how it is. It, it's a familiar feeling. Or I guess that's how people watch other shows, too. They can just throw it on. I feel yeah. like it's just one of those shows you can just chunk it on and you don't have to follow it. You can shut your brain off. Um, and I think Adult Swim isn't that type of show or is that type of station when they when they have that programming i feel like they still want yeah because i remember it used to be just on sunny nights was adult swim and then they expanded to like weekdays Mm -hmm. weeknights because i mean think about it was a way for cartoon ever to get like adult viewership i don't know just find a way because it was like if you look at cartoon ever back in the day it was just uh 
you know, just a syndication station for, like, the old, like, Hanna-Barbera properties. It's all it was. It was, like, there was nothing new. Then, of course, eventually they started to do cartoon cartoons. And you got shows like Dexter's Laboratory. You had, like, you know, Cow and Chicken, the Powerpuff Girls. They started doing these pilot episodes for these properties to see, like, to show, like, these creators, like, creativity. All these students coming from Cal Arts showing, like, you know, their creativity and try to push them. Like, Johnny Bravo. Um... You know, I am Weasel. And it's all these guys who came up from, like, Semper Fallen. People forget that. He worked on Johnny Bravo. He was a writer for Johnny Bravo. And then, of course, he decided to go. And yet, Butch Hartman on there, too. Like, who went out to Nickelodeon and decided to create, like, Fairy Odd Parents. So, yeah, all these, like, you know, creative minds and decided to expand their horizons. And, and of course, you know, then, like, they had that. You know, and Eddie, another, like, you know, staple as well for cartoon cartoons. And, of course... Yeah, they had that during the day, but, you know, same time with networks, they got to try, you know, yeah, you can get the kid market, like the child market, but at the same time, you want to get the adults. You want to try to keep your, like, advertisers coming in, what you need to do to keep your network relevant, and that's why they took a gamble on, say, let's do Adult Swim, let's make, have an evening block where the kids are in bed, and now it's adults' time to watch television, I mean, we all grew up on watching cartoons. We love animation. Doesn't matter how old you are, you're still gonna love animation because you grew up on animation. I remember as a kid, Saturday mornings to me was you know going to school during the week. All the cartoons were in the afternoon because the kids get out in the afternoon. Mostly during the, during the day, like during the morning, was all about education because they had to have a block dedicated to education due to the the standard act that was made that they had that educational program during the day. That's when PBS came out. But you still wanted to have, you know, kids when they're done with their homework, when they get home from school, they can at least watch some cartoons, you know, have some programming in the afternoon. And, of course, the evenings were more for adults. I mean, the only thing you had on the evenings on was The Simpsons during the time. But The Simpsons, to me, was more aimed towards adults versus the kids. And then, of course, with cable and stuff, it kind of, you know, had like Nickelodeon as well. They kind of expanded on that as well, Disney Channel as well. And then, of course, Cartoon Edward. And the Cartoon Edward compete with, like, with Nickelodeon and compete with, you know, Disney Channel. Had them come up some some way to get that adult market. Because, you know, like, Nickelodeon had the game shows. Disney Channel had original programming. They had, like, those sitcoms. So what's a way for <laughs> Cartoon Network to stay relevant to compete with those other, you know, channels? Case in point, Adult Swim. And... Taking, you know, taking these old properties, Space Ghost. I didn't know Space Ghost was a Hanna-Barbera, you know, property until I saw, oh yeah, it was a cartoon back in the late 60s and 70s. It was a a, a show. It was a cartoon. But what's cool is they bring in, they decided to make it into like a talk show. And it was funny. They made it, they took like stock footage from these like old shows and make it into like something new. And bringing, like, actors that did act on the show and, you know, and interview, like, celebrities at that time who were relevant. And then, um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's like, come on. Something like a ridiculous dad, you know, mass, the Fry Wizard, um, Meatwad and Master Shake. I mean, their freaking neighbor Carl, man, come on. Um, and then, oh, I forgot what other shows. It's like. Then you bring, like, Family Guy, who was... I remember, like, if it weren't for, like, watching Family Guy... I never saw Family Guy when it was on Fox. I never knew about it until I started watching on Adult Swim. And I'm like, what the heck is this show? 
I'm like, this is on Adult Swim. I'm like, what the heck? Family Guy? I'm like, Fox made it? And then, you know, they had the DVDs. I'm like, holy shit, they had DVDs? <laughs> and to the point that that's when they pretty much, you know, took off because of that. Because people wanted more. It was like creating demand. It was like creating demand for something they wanted to see more of. And that's what brought Family Guy back to to TV. (laughs) So to me, this is like an end of an era, basically. It's like an an end of an era. Yeah. Yeah. More or less, it's just, it's not going to live on Cartoon Network anymore and... I think it's good. Family Guy is just not, I don't, yeah, you see popular now, it's not, I think it's just going to have to fall away, side of like the Simpsons will, I don't know how long Simpsons will be able to ride out their thing, but a lot of these shows, I don't know if they'll even make it to 2030s, like maybe a couple, or maybe South Park, I, I could see them going, but yeah, South Simpsons Park, I mean, I are very like, they're very, too, they're too broad of an audience. Mm-hmm. I think those shows now, when it, now that there's so much content you can stream online, um, I think specific niche shows are gonna be the ones that are gonna keep people more engaged. It's gonna be more more valuable for these networks to invest in to keep on their fucking syndication. Um, like even if you think about sitcoms of the old, like they'll be able to syndicate a lot of the sitcoms that were big in the two thousands and the twenty tens for the next couple decades coming up, and then those shows are gonna fall off. So I think with animation, you can run, they have a little a longer shelf lifespan, but I don't think networks can only hold more major programming to just animation shows. Like I think Fox does that now. When they don't, like, their Sundays, how they still have the animation, whatever, but, like, they try to do a mixture of that, but I don't think a lot of people are even tuning in for sh- for Fox for their shit anymore. If it's not reality shows, it's not, I don't know what, I, what valuable things you're getting outside of sitcoms that are on NBC or CBS. Like, yeah, because to me, it's like, yeah, I just see more than that. Yeah, because now those networks are more, like, Seneca. I mean, to me, it's like I can never get behind reality shows. To me, I'm not a reality show person. I don't know what the appeal it is of it, why people want to see it. You know, I don't know. For me, reality shows, I understand it's like you're going to push the envelope. Yeah, it's scripted, but you want to push the envelope. But it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And game shows. It's like game shows back in the day was just like Family Feud, Jeopardy, and Wheel of Fortune. But nowadays, you got like Survivor that's... Still going on. I don't know how that show stays relevant for so many seasons. It's like, wow. <laughs> and then you got Big Brother and as well. And then you have like you have these other conferences to try to push. And it doesn't, you know, click. When they were trying to do this whole what was it NBC tried to do the slip and slide challenge and look what happened. They end up having so many production issues that they had to pretty much shelf it. Because they were having so many issues. And I mean, you get, I don't know if there's, I don't know if, what the numbers are as far as what people, what type of shows people are consuming these days compared to what we grew up on. But I, I generally gravitate towards things that I enjoy in podcast form to what, what it can show onto YouTube, right? So whether it's a gaming stream or like mm-hmm. some YouTuber that I like their content solely for whatever they produce, like, 
I'm getting that a lot more documentary shows, things like that. Those are stuff that like a lot of the platforms are already built for that. So you can go and, and engage in with those contents and then obviously you get your, your money's worth if you're paying for it. So you don't have to sit around and wait for the old networks to play something. So you, for, for that like benefit, like it works for me as opposed to someone who, like for instance, you have you have cable TV in the sense that it's on demand. You can still look for certain content that they have available that you would like, but then you can also follow the channels that they show to you or that you get like sports shows, different things. So like that's still for the most part, you can't curate that yourself as far as live sports. Like, you could still have to pay in for a, some sort of network package if outside of YouTube, TV, or Hulu. But, like, like I don't think... Sports is going to be the one thing I feel like it's going to be very hard to turn into one, you know, I mean, one actual controllable, like, on-demand thing yeah. in live. Like, even with uh, your wrestling pay-per-view things, right? Like... You still have to wait to the Sunday that they show it. You can't fucking get it. You can't watch it until they upload it a month later. Or whatever the means, however long they take, right? Yeah. You can't essentially watch it an hour after like it's a, posted. Yeah. Like, remember how the boxing matches were? You'd wait till 10, you get it, and they'll show... You get, like, one replay of the fight again, and then that's it. It's after... They, they pull it. HBO pulls it after, like, midnight or 1. So, like, we still can't get that with sports. Like, you can... We hear Bill Burr complain about the NFL Sunday ticket every year. It's harder and harder for him to get it set up. But, like, even that. Football, we know every day it's always on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday now, right? Mm-hmm. And they still can't get that shit together. So we're like, we know what time a game's going to be on. Even with COVID, you knew what time a game was going to be on. That never changed. So it's like, they can't work that around. With, so with that's how I like with Peacock when it comes to, like, sporting or ESPN+. Plus. At yeah. least you can watch, like replays of matches yeah you see like even people don't even like espn and that's generally what they're in the business for right it's like peacock like right content. now it's like you can access like replays of the premier league you know mm-hmm. and you can watch yeah they'll have and that's matches. nice because these games are early as hell right so yeah and early it's as convenient. hell and they let you know hey this is gonna be available on this date after it's aired on television or like espn plus you can watch the replays you you get access to on demand and like certain matches you can watch i mean yeah you're paying a fee but hey it gives you access to like to watch the events. Like you said, back in the day, it wasn't like that. Yeah, it, like back in the day when wrestling was on pay-per-view, it was on live on Sunday, and they offered a repeat like on Tuesdays, but you had to pay to see the replay. It gives you, it gives the consumer more more power incentive, though, because they're able to check in onto the shit they want to see whenever they want, mm-hmm. as long as they pay the toll, right? So, like, it's better than us paying, and then we're not, we're still not, we're, we're still not given somewhat of a, like, access to whatever we want to watch. You would have to wait to whenever things come on. Like, so we, we still haven't fixed that complete gap all the way mm-hmm. on some in some type of program we have. But, like, I want to see, once, the, once that shit comes around to sports, I think it's going to be crazy. Um, I felt like COVID would have been something that would have boosted that since people had to do so much testing, more or less in sports. They do it every day, and so, like, they fucking, like, since they were trying to bubbleize everything, it would have been cool. I feel like they would have been able to kind of... Like they do in the Olympics, you know? How they have it, like, all around. But they just have different events going on. Yeah. I, I mean, with the Olympics this year, uh, it kind of... There was a test to it because they had to keep the athletes in a bubble, yeah. yeah and trying to limit, you know, outside 
I mean, to me, it's like... But they have to stay together over there anyways. Yeah. So, like, I guess that's still more special circumstance. But when they do... Like, the Euros still went on, and they were still doing it in three different fucking places, which it's still... They spread it out as much as they can. It's so eh? weird. Yeah. And then there were some stadiums where they had limited capacity, and then to the point there were stadiums, like, they were having high full capacity. Because, I mean, as you can see right now, when it comes to... Look at this. It's like, England right now looks like it's, like, not, you know... I don't know if the cases are as bad anymore. I'm not even seeing people with masks right now during this match right now. I'm not even seeing people wearing face masks. So I don't know if it's the case. The numbers of COVID cases are actually less now in Europe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, but it's cool seeing you know fans back in the stands again for these events and stuff. But at the same time, it's like I'm seeing too now with like the NFL right now, and they're pushing you know. I think today the Bears play today against Cincinnati. Um and. They're offering, like, free vaccine, free vaccines at, you know, at the tailgate for people that want to get vaccinated. So, and, but you still have the anti-vaxxers that still don't want to do it, but it's like, but we all back, we're back again, you know, we're not in lockdown again. But we're back to, like, keeping social distancing and, you know, wearing masks again. Even if you're vaccinated, they want you to wear masks. It's like, we're back to that again. But it's not as harsh. But it's like, if people didn't want to get the vaccine the first time, now you see what happened based on your actions. And it gets to the point that now these states, like, it's all about trying to get money and, you know, for these events. that Yeah, they could try the best. It's just to show, like, hey, you have a negative test. Make sure you have a face mask. Prove, like, you have a negative test or have a vaccine card. They'll let you in. That's why I'm seeing now, like, conventions are starting to open up again. Like, you know, combo conventions or anime conventions are starting to open again. What I like about, like, what C2E2 right now, they're, like, it's coming in December. But they say, make sure you have a, if you're vaccinated, make sure you have your car, wear your mask. And make sure you have, like, if not, have a negative COVID test. Have some kind of documentation saying that you tested negative before the event. That way, it's to protect yourself and protect everybody else around you. Protect the vendors. Protect, you know, the celebrities that come in. But you have to be considerate to do that. <laughs> yeah. But. Going back to television, like, it's the same thing, like, what, what, like you said with the sports, it's like, yeah, just trying to find, like, that one thing to make it on demand. And it's kind of hard. Um, like, it's the same thing with, like, with anime and stuff, too. Like, now with Crunchyroll gonna be under the Funimation umbrella it's that's gonna you know a standpoint when it comes to content that's great because now you get additional content you can get and you get access to other markets and to me that's great and be able to get stuff that's on demand and also the whole watching the same time you know watching the episode like hours after it's air in Japan that's what I like about the whole simulcasting because think about it, simulcasting has become a thing where you can watch it hours it's aired in Japan and you, you're basically on par with your Japanese counterparts. Because mm. you can follow along with your with the fellow anime fans in Japan. So it's like, um, the one thing that um, Netflix is still, to me, that need to, to jump on that wagon is, yeah, do that. But to me, it's like people call it Netflix jail. <laughs> When it comes to anime, because it's like they wait until because Netflix Japan they air the episodes weekly, but here in the U.S. 
you gotta wait until they get a certain chunk of episodes in so they can go in, dub it, or get the subtitles set up, and then show it in chunks. And it's funny, and then I just read that supposedly Netflix got the rights to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and supposedly with the new season that's gonna come out soon, that they're gonna have new episodes monthly. It's like, wow, okay, you're gonna release a certain chunk of episodes every month. That's interesting. And it's like, Netflix does not lose money if they just decide to do what everyone else and show the stuff weekly, you know? You have shows like, you have Crunchyroll Funimation, even though it's not dubbed, but I mean, as long as you're able to show the content weekly, that way people can catch up. Because it's kind of sucks for me, I, like, I have my anime list, and it's like, when I get notifications when, like, stuff I'm watching, like, a new episode's out, and unfortunately, if that anime is on Netflix, I'm like, shit, I can't watch it because they only have... This certain amount of episodes available, I have to wait till like months later for the rest of the season to come out. And it's like it's it's frustrating. And like you said, it's just waiting for that content to come out and um and just sitting there and waiting. And now I gotta watch something else. Which Because the whole Netflix is just trying to be like, oh, we have everything together and just binge it all in one go. Well, because they get you conditioned to they take it all in and then they want you to feel the the emptiness of finishing it, and then you want some more, and then they get you to get connected to something else. And once you're binging through that, that's when they drop the preview or trailer for the season you're waiting for of the show you got hooked on a couple months before. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, this show's coming back in a few months. Cool, I'll be ready for it. But let me go watch it again so I can remember what happened. And then you go back, watch it again, and then you then that new season drops, and you're just in time because you just finished rewatching it, and now you're ready to watch that new season. You finish it in a weekend, then you hate yourself again. So it's like. They, it's the cycle can keep you going because that's the only thing they can rely on now because they're losing everything as far as all these guys getting their own streaming services once they figured out oh it's not hard we'll just pay some some company or service to like get this up and running for us and then we'll just stream our own content instead of um, selling this shit to Netflix for like a one time licensing fee and then they don't make money off of it. They might as well just make their money off of uh, selling ads on their own shit, right? Because that's recurring money every month. Because they don't they don't earn anything after they only earn the what the whatever Netflix pays these the fucking copyright owners yeah to give them the property for a year or two. So it's like we can only they can only live out in so many old ass movies as they can until like. They'll start make you know they already put a lot of bullshit up there too so I don't know it, you would think after twenty years or so there would be somewhat of a, a new pivot or somewhat they would show a clear direction of where they're gonna go that's gonna make them stand out in the first place with what got them there so I'm hoping to see them maybe make their own fucking like. Maybe not a cable thing, but hopefully lower the prices because I don't know. Yeah, I, I, like I think HBO decided, like HBO Max decided to cut the prices too because I think it's like they're trying to get subscribers as well, and yeah, just the pay window itself. And then I, I mean, yeah, with the I mean, yeah, with HBO Max, it's like the whole appeal right now is like, yeah, you can get get to watch the movies that are out in theaters. That's under, but it's only under the Warner Media umbrella. Yeah, but that's most movies. That's most movies, and then you got Paramount Plus as well. Like, with all the programmers are coming in on Paramount Plus, Plus as well. With you know, 
what they did, what Peacock did was add sports. They added, like, you know, football on there. Because, you know, soccer is basically the world's popular sport. And it's like, everyone watches it. And getting original shows. At the same time, getting the nostalgia shows as well. Like, Nickelodeon gained some relevance again. And, you know, and pretty much, I mean, not to my honor, but... It's like I said, it's all about try to get the next generation of viewers as well. Try to find something that appeals to the next generation viewers and try to see what, you know, engages them and what they strive towards. Yeah, you do a reboot of the Rugrats, now it's all CG now for Paramount Plus. It's like try to get now and get a nostalgia, but at the same time get new generations to watch it. Or like, I mean, Netflix with, you know, Kevin Smith, you know, they re rebooting uh not rebooting like doing a sequel to he-man masters universe being a popular like such as he-man which was a big thing of the 80s to a fan base that grew up on it because it's one of those shows where they had somewhat of a linear storyline but ended after so many episodes because like back then in the day you try to make so many episodes where you do a so run, and then all of a sudden, that's it. And then it's all about just trying having a good chunk of episodes so enough that you can get syndicated and you don't have to worry about it again. And then, you know, with Hulu as well, with their original program, and of course, they decided to bring back, you know, they brought back Animaniacs. And, and I like what Animaniacs is. They, what Animaniacs was good is it's basically... Um, what it was back in the nineties was satirical and pop, like being satirical on pop culture, like their commentary on pop culture that back then in the nineties. With this animaniacs on Hulu, it worked because, um, yeah, you got the old episodes, but at the same time, you got the reboot, and the reboot actually kind of hits because it actually talks about what's going on during this team in day and age, and it, it makes fun of what's going on. And it's coming back soon with another season. I think November is coming out with another season of Animaniacs, and then you got. HBO Max when they game progress as well and I saw that I think they released like the first like casting of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The reboot. Oh gosh. I thought they were doing that. Yeah. But it's not gonna be like, you know, how it was with Will Smith. Yeah. It's supposed to be like I don't know, like dramatic, I think. Yeah. That's not good. I don't wanna watch a dramatic Fresh Prince. That's not, that's not the point. It already had its dramatic moments. That's what was great about it, because I was able to balance both and talk about real shit with being funny about it, but connecting. Not this dramatic shit. That's like, it's like making Sopranos into a musical. I'm like, just, I have to do that. What do you think about that Sopranos prequel is going to be? Oh, it'll be good. The movie will be good, and then I'll get into the show, the series. So a lot of the older guys will get their chops. To be able to show on the movie. I want. I do want to see the movie. I think it comes out on HBO Max. I think in October. Yeah. I think it's supposed to come out. I think it'll be good. Uh, but yeah, I saw James Gandolfini's son. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's it was like, just like... A... Yeah. And, and, and you have the same guys who are writing it. So it has to be good. If, if they had some other... If, if they mix it up a bit... Um... But it's like a prequel. So I'm thinking it's just a setup of what's going to be like... But it gets people to go back and watch The Sopranos again. Yeah, but... But it's, it's good because you get to see what drove Tony Soprano, like, how he became, you know... Yeah, and they can play around with it, and it'll be better because then they can get newer fans, they can get the older fans to come around to the newer stuff being made. 
and tells about a different story about Tony, and then you kind of, yeah, you can understand, because, like, I guess when you come into The Sopranos, he's already at the top of his game, as far as already having his other two guys on him, or made Ben too, so, like, you kind of see him trying to keep it glued together, um, as opposed to seeing how he becomes made, and how he moves up the ranks. Yeah, because that's how it was, like, the Godfather trilogy, how... It's very similar. Yeah, like, you know, how you have Frank, uh, Frank Leon, I mean, you had him when they topped his game. And like with part two of The Godfather, you got to see how he was when he was a young man in Italy and how he got into it and stuff. And then, like, it, you get to see that. So that's why it's like you said, you get to expand upon that universe. So they were like Breaking Bad. They decided to better call Saul, which is kind of almost like a prequel to like Breaking Bad. Mm. It took one of the characters, like, it gave like a backstory, like what happened, how he got to that point. And. It's just expanding upon it. It's just like it's like when George Lucas decided to like go back and do prequels of Star Wars. Yeah, something like that. They had their own just little... expand like the universe, basically. Just how Vader, how you know, Anakin became Darth Vader. What drove him to to go to the dark side? Like it was like that curiosity. And of course, he waited like so many years to do that to like Return to Jedi and. But then, then all of a sudden, then like you said, then all of a sudden, like when Lucasfilm's got bought by Disney, like, oh, we're gonna now we're gonna have Star Wars again, and I know we don't want to get back into like the Star Wars discussion because it's a, it's been so like dragged down and stuff, but it's like I don't know, just going back to like Family Guy and it's like Don't Swim, it's like and like I said, it's like an end of an era, and and like I said, there's so many programming now on Adult Swim that it's Adult Swim's not going anywhere. They got so many good shows on there, like. Venture Brothers, I think it's still going. Rick and Morty still has that momentum. I mean, you still have other programming on there that I don't see that going away anytime soon. Hey everybody, this episode of Talking Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Gamefighter Podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Now, like, 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 showing from Family Guy. Um, one thing I did see this week, and uh, we found out that this past week that um, one of the funny comedians, funny guys on SNL uh-huh. and film, um, Norm Macdonald passed away. Um, uh, after his nine-year battle with cancer, cancer, and it sucked because I found out was it Tuesday? I was like, yeah, it was past Tuesday. One of my coworkers at work. Like, we were just, you know, talking shit, and all of a sudden, he's like, oh, shit, Norm McDonald passed away. I'm like, what? And he kept that thing pretty private. Like, like he never talked about it too much, and, man, I remember, like, Weekend Update with Norm McDonald, the SNL, and how he played the 
so many good characters on SNL. Of course, as uh, Burt Reynolds from like Smoking the Bandit, Burt Reynolds, when they did the Jeopardy, <laughs> when they did the Celebrity Jeopardy, he was on there, and it's like holy shit. And remember Dirty Work. As well, he was in that film Dirty Work, and of course, a lot of stuff he did with like Adam Sandler and stuff, and Billy Madison, and. He did a lot of voice work too as well. He was deaf in Family Guy. And then he was the pigeon in the... I forget the Mike Tyson mysteries. <laughs> Mike Tyson had the show on Adult Swim as well. And funny guy. And like remember I showed you that one clip he was talking about. About his uncle that had cancer or something. Yeah. There was... Um... Crap, I can't remember. I gotta look it up that clip. It, it was really... Let's see if I can find it. But... <sighs> Look it up. It was on the Reddit. So I'm posting on the funny Reddit. So let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, what's your memories of Norm McDonald, dude? The same ones. Yeah. I, um, just watching his movies. And then I've heard him on different podcasts getting interviewed and just being fucking hilarious. Uh, just being straight with everyone. Um, the fact that, like, he wasn't. He he always stood out in the in the shows he was in or any any TV shows he'd come out in or any his voice itself was already very unique so like people already gravitated towards that and his jokes were so out of just very it was very straightforward that it was funny in his own way and I think that was like the best it was the best thing about him as far as him being a comedian. Um, I, I, it sucks that he had to go so early, considering, like, 60's pretty young, I think. Um, but definitely one of those names that, like, I think, I feel like, since nobody really, like, when they keep it secret, it kind of sucks, like, when, uh, I, it reminds me of the Bowie thing, like, he, he had cancer for a long time, too, I think a decade, and, like, he didn't say anything, and then he went away with it. And like, oh, yeah, and he said it, like, I think a couple months, like, a month or two before he passed away. He's like, oh, yeah, I have cancer. And then they're like, oh, shit, boy, he's got cancer. And then he goes. So it's like, if that's their way of dealing with it and it's better off, I think it's, and they kind of just, like, let them do it on their terms. I think that's cool. Because um, then you see a lot of people, like, the effect is better. Maybe it's better off that way because then they, the person who is dealing with the illness doesn't see, like, a bunch of people come to their side in such a late stage when they aren't really there throughout their life. So it's like, maybe it's their way of coping with it. Is that to say they're Prince? Like, no one knew that he was sick, either. Oh, I don't think he was sick. The Prince thing, I think that was up to, for debate. But, it it seemed like there was a lot of shit that went on to play with that one. But, I I don't know. Like, whether they have cancer or not, like, it's one of those things who, if if, if they're dealing with it and they know it, I feel like the media makes it such a spectacle about it, too, when they have to deal with that shit. Like, they have to make it an extra thing. Because it always ends up being like, oh, what's... Like, you even see them that when they're dealing with shit like that on the tabloids and stuff. Like, god, oh, man, that sucks. Like, it's all... Like, they're at the beach or something like that. And they're like, oh, they're, it's, it's, their ba- it's their cancer killing their body. And it's like, no, they're just their 58. <laughs> like, what? So... I don't know. I guess if somebody's if, if people are dying with such a serious illness like cancer, I think the last thing they want is like to one see people that they didn't really see around in their life come at the last moment, and then they probably don't want to like. I would hope they don't want to end their life in stressful situations. 
mm-hmm. that they're already in. I feel like they would want to find more peace in their ship. Um, but no, yeah, that's sad. I don't know. It was it was sad to see him go so fast. I think he. Uh, yeah, because I think he, they said that he had like a lot. I think he was supposed to make an appearance at like in a show in November. Yeah, I think and I he was still doing stand up. So like, it's like it's, it's yeah, tough to, it's tough to see them like that at a young age kind of go so fast. And then we lost Paul Mooney too. So like, a lot of these older comedians are starting to leave somewhat soonish than expected. And like, you you want them to stick around as long as they can. But like, it's we're gonna see a lot of those guys. I think we grew up with kind of kick the bucket them and musicians some actors we're going to see kind of they're already hitting their peak too where it's like holy shit these people are old now so I don't know it's sad to see him go for sure yeah I just found the clip so hopefully I think I just found the clip here I can put it on real quick I hate ads It's called Courageous Battle. It was like somebody posted this on Reddit. But that's all that'll get you a heart attack or a cancer. That's the other thing, you know. My Uncle Bert, he's my great uncle, but we call him Uncle Bert. He got bowel cancer now. He's, uh, he's dying of it, you know. And, uh, or like uh, some people like to say, now they, see, in the old days, a man could just get sick and die, you know. Now they have to wage a battle. So, so my uncle Bert is waging a a courageous battle, which I've seen because I go and visit him. And this is the battle. He's lying in a hospital bed with a thing in his arm, watching Matlock on the TV. <laughs> Instead of that battle, I I got him the box set of Matlock. And, It's not his fault. What the fuck's he supposed to do? Oh, I guess. It's just a black thing in his bowel. And the reason I don't like it is because in the old days they go, hey, that old man died. Now they go, hey, he he lost his battle. That's no way to end your life, you know. What a loser that guy was. The last thing he did was lose. waging a brave battle but at the end I guess it got kind of cowardly was what happened and then the bowel cancer it got brave you gotta give it to the bowel cancer you know they were in a battle and then what the fuck and I'm pretty sure I'm not a doctor but I'm pretty sure if the cancer dies I mean if you die the cancer also dies at exactly the same time so that to me it's not a loss, that's a draw. That's a, you know what I mean? It's not like fucking, the cancer's gonna jump up and go, ah, I'm fucking Uncle Bert's wife. Where is he? I want fair and square. This is where he works. Hi, name's Cancer. How are you? Where do I? You just throw me to my cubicle, man. Bell, first name's Bell. Oh, man, I wouldn't have no brave battle when I'm fucking dying. I'll tell you this, because I'm not brave. So when the fucking sickle of death is over my goddamn neck, I'm going to be so cowardly. I'm, you know, I'm afraid of going on Ferris wheels and shit. You know? I'm not going to be brave. I don't care how old I am. I'll be 94. I'll be like, oh, 
Oh man, it's all real. Oh man, that's wow. Yeah, it sucks. It's like you said. It's like, oh man. It's just an end of an era for a lot of things. Like you said, people that we grew up watching. Like you said, they're getting old. They're getting past their prime, and it's like, it's just like you said, accept the reality that you know they can get weak as well. And yeah, you know, Norm McDonald, man, thanks for the memories, man. You know, watching Weekly Update when it was on Saturdays, and you know how I think what was the things they he kept thinking about the OJ thing. Mm-hmm. That show was funny. We made the commentary about OJ. Yeah. And he got to a point, like, I've read, like, they were talking about, like, how he pushed the envelope on that. Like, could have led to him getting kicked out of Saturday Night Live because of that. It was the whole OJ thing. And it's like, dude, he's doing, like, uh, his own commentary on it. It's like, come on. I mean, and he's doing with the update, which was pretty much, like, a satirical news segment. Yeah. It's supposed to push him. It's supposed to be funny. That's how you get viewers. It's like... And just him in dirty work, man. <laughs> like, note to self. Learn to fight. <laughs> he kept, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, my God, that movie, man. That movie was so funny, dude. Because it was like he was trying to show his acting chops as well. And it's like, you know, try to capitalize as well. Like, hey, this guy can act too. And I know he did, like, a lot of sitcoms as well. You know. And, and it's kind of cool, but he went back to doing stamp. And as you saw in that clip. So, definitely, that, that clip I found was on YouTube as well. It's under the topic, Norm McDonald topic. But... Check out his stand-up, guys. Like, check out his stand-up. His stand-up's funny. Like, that one with the courageous mouse. Like, like you said, that's what they say when you have an illness. Like, you're, you lose your battle. It's like, it's like you're fighting. <laughs> like you say, you're not. You're just sitting in the thing with a tube, like, stuck in your arm. It's like, and you hear that. It's like, like you said, he kept that thing private in, like, nine years, dude. That's like, wow. It's a long-ass time to keep your, your, your cancer private. Well, I guess, like, we say private in regards to people who are in the public public figures, I guess. But I'm sure he was surrounded by family and stuff. We knew and shit. Nine years, dude. Even if he had cancer for nine years, it's a good amount of time to have it. I feel like or whatever it was. But man, to, I like that he lived a decade, almost a decade of his life with it. So shit, it's kind of wild. Yeah, I saw like a lot of people had like a lot of like celebrities had tributes. I think, um, uh, I think uh, Conan O'Brien, even though his talk show was going to HBO and stuff, um, he his uh, YouTube channel he posted like uh, his Team Coco channel posted another clip like a few days ago, and it says here Norman Donald's moth joke. So we'll play that clip. Like I said, we're just like we try to dedicate this segment to like. You know, because like I say, he's one of the comedians I grew up watching. And it's sad. It's like one of my favorite comedians growing up passed away. So it's like, at least try to give some time so you guys can understand, like, what that means. If you grew up watching Billy Mass, see him on Billy Mass when I'm Sandler, or see him in Dirty Works, so or saw his stand up on Comedy Central or something. He did, like, stand up for, like, charities and stuff. He always came out for, like, when Comedy Central did, like, the whole charity, stand up for charity or something. And he always, always there. He's always there contributing and stuff, and it's like a lot of comedians like him for that. He's really appreciated. So here's one that Conan and Team Coco put on their YouTube channel. It's called the Moth. From the news, is that right? You know, no. Some of my material comes. My strongest material comes from real life. 
real life? Like, for instance, today I was driving in a, a car. Mm -hmm. You were kind enough to bring a car to bring this old chunk of coal here to the studio. <laughs> we send we send cars for our guests, yes. Yeah, so I got in it, and that's, I, you know, I get material that way. So my driver, What do you mean? What, 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 how do you get material that way? You get in the car, and what happens? Uh, my driver tells me a joke. <laughs> driver we said to pick you up told you a joke yeah and you're gonna tell it now on the show yeah that's how i get a lot of my material <laughs> okay why don't we just have him on next time uh, that guy you, yeah that guy no oh, wait till you hear me do it <laughs> so the guy he goes uh, uh -huh. he, uh, i say uh, i'll be the guy okay uh, a moth <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office a moth goes into a podiatrist's office right. you are correct Moth goes into a podiatrist's office, and uh, the podiatrist's office says, "What's the problem?" And the moth says, "What's the problem? Where do I begin, man?" He goes, "I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work." <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me. And that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise and I, I walk here and there. And the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night I, I sometimes wake up and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm. A lady that I once loved, Doc. I, I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria. She fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. The cold took her down as it did many of us. <laughs> and my other boy. And this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy, Gregario Ivanilidovich. I no longer love him. As much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I, that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. If only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps, perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. And in this hellish facade once How long a while, drive was this? <laughs> do you live in the valley? Where do you live? Please, sorry. He says, Doc. Sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth. Just barely hanging on to my web with an everlasting fire underneath me. I'm not feeling good. And so the, moth, the, the doctor says, Moth, man, you're trouble. But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And then the moth said, Because the light was on. Wow. <laughs> the light was on. <laughs> That's funny. So life was on. 
Yeah, I mean, it sucks. But yeah, definitely check out his film Dirty Work. Check him out on SNL. You'll find a bunch of his clips on YouTube. Check out his stand-up, you know. Give it, a, give it a listen. You know, all thoughts and prayers to his family. And, of course, you know, all the tributes that he was getting, you know, from Laz fans and colleagues as well. I think Amsterdam did, like, a little tribute to him as well. And then I forgot who posted a picture of... Someone put a picture saying, Tonight in Heaven, it's um picture of Chris Farley and Norm McDonald from Dirty Work. Oh, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... That's like I know we got dark on the podcast, but you know that's it sucks. You know, it, like a lot of your heroes, you growing up, you know, they show their age, and you know, everyone gets sick. Everyone, you know, like I said, you never know. But yeah, so I wanted to sh- we wanted to share that, like and, you know, we, when it comes to like these celebrity deaths or people in the industry that you know pass away, we want to like you know dedicate our time and. To them as well, and you know, give like shout out to like people like who knows, like especially your international listeners, like you know, hopefully take some solace from it and check them out. You know, into um, okay, Beagle, anything like you saw like that was like trending on Reddit or anything? No, I I haven't I haven't kept up with any any honestly any news for the week. Just thing I heard was Norm and all the. Bullshit in Afghanistan, and then anything that's happening, and then whatever, and then people talk about football. I haven't heard anything about. Uh, I haven't heard really much of anything uh, outside of anything important as far as pop culture goes. It's just kind of the same old. Just we're paying attention to a lot of sports stuff, mainly. Mm-hmm. We're just waiting for the Bulls to. To start. <laughs> you ready for basketball? Yeah, start? I'm. I'm sure the Bears are going to suck this year. So <laughs> that's. Just... I even bother cluing in to what's going to happen. I mean, it's another today's another day of football for big football fans out there who are probably rooting for teams that have a better fucking chance than we do. Because um, it seems like every year they they get guys and they're hopeful. I think it's always I think it always comes down to the coach. We always get I think they always spend money and they get good players, and and they always say don't. Blame the coach all the time. Blame the players. They're the ones that are out there in the field. Yeah, but they're the, I think football's a different sport to where they get all their calls from the coach, right, for the most part. So, and I guess the Bears have a coach that they should have gotten rid of already a long time ago. So, I, it's one of those things that always happens in Chicago where we, we, we kind of hold all of our chips in the coaching more as far as keeping them around and giving them all the support they need, but when it comes to keeping good players or who we should really should keep around, that we like to piss I think them t- off and, and they no, go away. No, it's it's like what every other like team. It's like just a quarterback. It's like you know, we thought you know when Mr. Risky hey, they drafted the quarterback, they're gonna work with somebody. And like, don't get me wrong, he wasn't bad. It's just the way they were utilizing him. What's I mean? It's just they, it's always it's always more confident in the coaching and not the people who are out there. For people saying, for the analysts always complain about the players that are out there doing the thing, but like football, they're doing. They have to take their their calls from the, the those guys who get paid a lot of money mm-hmm. to do that. And it's I guess it's a little weird when your coach used to be a player. You would think that he would kind of understand a little more, but the game changes, right? Just like anything else, but 
you would expect a, a player coach to understand a little more the different intricacies of what it takes to kind of win in, in those type of games. But this guy's already gotten how many years with the Bears now? Four? Three or four years with the Bears? Yeah. So, like, Chicago, they, they keep him around, but four years is a long time for a, a Bears coach at this point that hasn't really been back since they went to the – they had a chance of going to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but – after that, it doesn't seem like it's gotten better. No, I mean, think about Chicago's a big sports city. Yeah. It's, like, it's a big sports market, and you get those expectations. They have a lot of confidence in you until you don't. Yeah. And then, like, they don't – the bad thing is when we want players out or when we want coaching out, it seems like they get the most confidence in the world by the executives, and then they don't fucking budge. And then they went, and then they wondered three years down the line. Well, how long haven't we been successful? Well, you should have canned them three years ago. But I don't know. People also like hiring others who will listen to them. So if I think I hear another podcast that they always talk about the the owner of the Cowboys, like they all hate him. Oh, Jerry Jones. Yeah, they all clearly hate him, but he's still the owner, and people still go there and. Cowboy football is still pretty big. For a guy that's hated so much, like they, they seem to be in and out as far as they're they're probably as successful as we are when it comes to football at this point. They haven't been good since the nineties, right? Yeah. And we haven't been good since the eighties, so they're pretty similar to us. We Dallas Cowboys football is pretty big. Bears football is big here. Like, they just can't win. Um, and they do the same mistakes we do, where we just keep fucking bad coaches and we either spend a lot of money on players we shouldn't or we have good people they just don't want to try to use them and they're good in the the fucking sport that got them there so i don't understand either they treat rookies like babies like they never played the sport before in their life yeah like i mean i understand like like you know bears game justin fields it was a big wake-up call but you get a quarterback that's young but you're going that's a mobile quarterback can make good judgments and it's like i saw like i saw a little bit of him in on was it Sunday? Because you know I saw a little bit of the match with the the Rams and the and the Bears, and Justin Field did good. Like they always show him on so snaps, but it's like, oh, Andy Dalton's our guy. Like you got Andy Dalton, who was a big in Cincinnati, gets goes to Dallas, and then all of a sudden, oh, you had Nick Foles, who you traded for because you wanted some veteran quarterback to be behind Mitch Trubisky, and then all of a sudden you got Foles. Now he's like the third. He's back to being. You know, he was a hero for the Eagles when he took over for Christian Wentz. When he went out with the ACL injury and he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. And it's like, now he's regulated third string. He's just sitting there. And then you're like, oh, we're going to have any Dalton's our starter. I mean, you got Justin Fields. You drafted a quarterback. And it's like this. And you always use him for, like, certain amount of plays. He can run. He can throw. It's like, I don't know. It's like, you don't want to take a chance. Like, you don't have, you have a little quarterback, Justin Fields. He's got an arm. He can run. He can make snap decisions, but it's all oh, you want to keep him like protected. I understand you want to you want to drive him up to be a Francis quarterback, but it's like I don't know. I don't know. Like football's like a game of chess, man. Like I said, it depends on the plays. It's just your. It depends what your strategy is going to be. If you're going to move to like one one part of the board, it's just trying to go from one into the other. It's like it's a game of chess. And you got to have your rooks and your pawns all like pretty much set up. And you try to protect like the king, basically. I don't know much about chess, but I think that's hopefully if you guys are chess players, hopefully 
I'm getting the concept, you know, kind of really to that the kind of like thought process. And like you said, with you in basketball, it's like, I mean, the Bulls were successful in the '90s. I mean, we had some good teams in the 2000s, but it's all about, like you said, it's all about the management and the, and the coaching and having players that want to play. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, because I was looking too. It's like I said, that was to me was one of the standouts today. I did want to talk about, you know, about, you know, Family Guy leaving Adult Swim. And I mean, I mean, right now it's, um, for me, it's like, man, I've been reading manga as well. But yesterday I just finished Demon Slayer and I just watched the film, um, Yugi Train, which was really good because it's actually, when it comes to like anime films, normally they're outside the main canon, but this one is actually a sequel to the first season of Demon Slayer. It was actually canon, so it goes on the storyline. And it was really sad, and um, one of the characters in Demon Slayer, who I thought was going to be on for the long run, ends up, you know, and spoiler guys, ends up not surviving. And it's it sucks. And it, it was sad. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the second season to see how it picks up. Right now I'm reading the manga Demon Slayer and... Um, Catching up to where the anime first season ended. I'm about to read where Megan Train was. and Can't wait to see how that is drawn. And get read up the rest of it. Just to see what the second season is going to be. Lion's story right now. They haven't said when it's supposed to be released. But it just says quarter four 2021. So I'm guessing it's going to be like the winter of this year. Or the fall. I think probably winter this year. And yeah. With me it's just you know. Try to catch up on the anime that's on my anime list. And, you know, just to get my list updated, because there's some animes I'm just going to go back and rewatch, like either ones I would watch, I, I watched the first time in sub, check out how the dub version is. And same thing, the ones I watched in dub, watch it again in sub and see like the difference between like the localization and the voices and stuff. So I'm doing that. So yeah, guys, if you want to check out, check out Kimitsu no Yaiba, um, Demon Slayer. It's on um, Funimation. If you want to watch the film, it's available on Funimation. Um, Demon Slayer is basically about, you know, Tanjiro Komodo, who pretty much, you know, his family ends up getting killed by a demon. His sister survives, but his sister gets, like, infused with blood of a demon. So now he decides to join the Demon Slayer Corps with his sister until, and try to find a cure for his sister and try to find a demon that infected him, infected his sister. It takes place in the Taisho period of Japan, which is, like, the early 1900s. So you see, like, modern like electricity starting over there and stuff it's really good like the animation is really good studio and photobo did the animation um for it that are known for doing the the fate um series animation um song the opening track the opening is really cool the song is really great by the artist lisa um like i said check out the movie as well the movies available they're both available for dub and sub i saw the movie dub just so i can pay attention to the animation and it was really good Dub's not bad, so you can you can check out the dub, or check it out in sub as well, where you pick your poison. But definitely check it out. The film and the series is available on Funimation. Um, and like I said, if you guys want to find me on my anime list, my user handle is alphabar six eighty five on my anime list, so that way you guys want to check it out and see what anime I'm watching, what my ratings are, because and ones that I'm planning on watching. And it's like some animes I have my plan to watch list are some of the new ones that came out this season, but also ones I want to go back and do a rewatch, like Death Note, Naruto, um, Bleach, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Like, and then I got the new ones on there, like 
the second part of uh, the time I got reincarnated as a slime, part two. So I got that as well under my belt. And of course, keeping up with AEW and stuff. And that's what I've been doing. And of course, catch up with sports. Biko, anything like any shows, any films that you're currently watching right now that you recommend? Uh, not that I know of. Just, uh, no, I just, we've just been watching gaming streams. I haven't really watched any shows. Just, we uh, started watching Cocaine Cowboys. Oh, yeah, just... Cocaine uh, Cowboys? Yeah, it's on Netflix. The same guy who made the, the documentary, Cocaine Cowboys, he did a, a series expanding, because there's just so much shit that happens in Florida, uh, that he expanded and, and telling the story of, like, these two guys in Cuba. It, it's kind of crazy, or from Cuba, that made it pretty big in Miami, just selling coke, and, and it's tons of it. So, uh, it, it's pretty good. It's kind of crazy. We're a couple episodes in. It's six episodes, or about, like, an hour or so each couple mini movies in between of it but it's really good um you got a lot of people who participate in it and stuff and, and a lot of the cops and and it's just it's it's very well made so uh we're not done with it yet but i would recommend watching that so far it's just very nicely done the guy just he's so good at making documentaries and for, for netflix to keep giving them a platform to keep making these shows i, I hope they they continue doing that because it's really good um, but that's the thing I would recommend watching. So if it's, I've been watching documentaries and then just like gaming streams. That's about it. Okay. All right then guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, make sure to follow us on the socials as well that I posted earlier in the episode. Um, like I said, you check out the backlog of episodes on Anchor, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Um, we just have a podcast, um, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify as well. You know, check out our merch store on spring.com. Like us on Facebook. And we'll see you guys again next week. So once again, as always, geek on and take care.